So it's 2024 and there's all sorts of new things that are possible. Uh, I was uh, directed to a study that was done by the Pew Research Center and I put the link for it in the chat. Um, it is about spirituality uh, and changes in America and uh, it's 13 thrill-packed pages uh, in the summary. And the thing that caught my attention is that 22% of Americans consider themselves spiritual but not religious, which we kind of knew about. Um, seven in 10 Americans find, call, call themselves spiritual in some way or another. So some are with church, um, some of them have a, a formal practice, but 22% are spiritual but not religious. And the thing that caught my attention is that this study for the first time used the term irreligious. And I thought, Ooh, that sounds like my kind of practice. If we're going to be irreligious, then I get to be an irreverend. <laughs> what kind of fun is that? So we're going to dig into that uh, just a little bit. Uh, also, because it's the New Year, some different things have been going on for me. Um, I usually do a uh, silent meditation first thing in the morning. And this year, just, just for fun, um, I decided to listen to a guided meditation. Now, that's not something that I've never done before. Um, but I was listening to a meditation by David G., uh, who I've been listening to for uh, 12 years or so. And uh, it's his basic morning meditation practice. He starts every day with it. And he asks himself a series of questions going into the meditation. One of them is, who am I? And just taking that question into the silence, who am I? And not coming up with the label that we think it's going to be, but letting spirit tell us who I am uh, can give us some tremendous insight. And the other thing that he said is this great question, can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? Now, usually that would trigger me because I do not under any circumstances pray for patience. And here he is bringing question about, can I be patient? But it's, can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? And there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of meaning, there's a lot that's packed into that. And I figured that, well, let's make it into a practical exercise. So I got myself a mayonnaise jar and I filled it up with some water and some dirt. So let's see, can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? And there's an acknowledgement of our participation in whatever lack of clarity we're having. It's my mud. It's my mud and it's my water. And it's when, when it gets all agitated and, and stirred up, I can know that it can clear up. And I might have to wait for that. I might have to be present for the process rather than just saying, okay, let's figure out a way to filter that out and clean it up and get it taken care of and move on. Can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? In the Pew study, um, they said it's hard to separate uh, religious and spiritual because a lot of people answer the question with a religious context and with a spiritual context. Um, for example, 77% of people spend time in nature and 26% of them do it for spiritual purposes, which means there are people who just like to walk around in nature. It makes them feel good, but it's not necessarily a spiritual practice. I myself like to get into nature, 
because it's fun and it's beautiful and it's uplifting and it's also a part of my spiritual practice. Does that mean every time I go outside it's a spiritual practice? No, but I'm one of those 26% who spends time in nature specifically for spiritual purposes. So the reason that spiritual but not religious or irreligious is it got my attention is because that's what New Thought Philadelphia is. We are not an organized religion. And the tongue-in-cheek joke is just because we're not organized. Uh, and the fact of the matter is <laughs> we're, we're, we can be pretty well organized when we need to be. Um, it's because we don't have rules. It is a spiritual practice. And what we do is we have a framework of understanding of, of the things that we can do and the ways we can interact with each other and with ourselves to be in that place of spirituality. Uh, as part of our exercise, we're, we're, um, we're looking at different ways that we can express who New Thought Philadelphia is and share that with the world. Um, and one of the ones that, that Tori came up with, uh, Tori is doing our digital media now, is um, religious minus, religion minus rules is New Thought Philadelphia. And because we have one thing that we say in our beliefs. We believe there's one power, love, intelligence, or force that creates everything, including each of us. And that we're using that one to create our lives. And there's no rule there. That's simply an observation of this is the way the world is working for us. And then we get to engage with it in whatever way we're going to engage with it. And one of the questions that comes up is, do you talk about your spirituality with other people? And if you do that, how do you do that? Do you have uh, an elevator speech? If somebody says, if you mention, oh, I'm going to go to my, I'm doing something in my spiritual community, I'm taking a class, I'm doing our Sunday celebration, and somebody says, oh, what's your spiritual community? Do you go hamana, 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 well, it's a thing with a whatever, and gets into a long story, or do you have a way that you can exp exp explain it and express it for yourself and for other people? Because the biggest part of it is understanding what we believe and how we think about ourselves so we can express it uh, to other people. Some of the ones that I've been working with and thinking about lately uh, are, uh, my current favorite is spirituality outside the lines. So we have that structure and that framework and we are not limited by somebody's rules. We can do our spirituality outside the lines. We can go for a walk in nature and have it be, that's how we're going to get to the store. <laughs> or that's how we're going to go pick up our car from the repair place. Or we can do it as a spiritual practice. So that's one possibility. Um, when I was at the Parliament of World Religions last summer, uh, I tended to, uh, when, when, when somebody would ask me uh, what practice or religion or group I'm involved in, I would tell them that it's new thought, and then I would explain we're kind of the greatest hits of all the world's religions. And what we have done is identified there, there are some things that work in every religion that are very effective, that are very successful, and instead of reinventing the wheel, we go ahead and, and co-opt it. We use that. We work with it. We adopt it and use it as our own. Not to claim authorship of it, but because it's something that, that's been proven to work. It works. You know, and the, the, to go into detail, if you can meditate like Buddha and love like Jesus and pray like Muhammad and believe like Moses or Abraham, it's a good start. 
It's a really good start. And that's what we're trying to do, to cut away the fluff, to cut, cut away from the stuff that doesn't work, that's not necessary, of somebody telling us what the rules are. And here's, here's, here's what you have to do. Here are the steps that you have to follow in order to be spiritual. That's what a religion is. They, they tell us what the steps are. And what we do instead is say, the, the goal is to feel that connection with the infinite, and whatever steps you do are going to be wonderful. Here are some that are worth trying. Another one that Tori came up with is everything you'd like about church and none of what you don't. <laughs> um, and it, we're creating a community ourselves. So this is, this is not something where somebody has said, this is what a New Thought spiritual community looks like, and we're just going to go and do one of those. New Thought Philadelphia was created by the people who were involved in New Thought Philadelphia, and that was, happened in 2011. And we've been growing and morphing and evolving and changing and growing ever since. So if you have a way that you explain to people who New Thought Philadelphia is or what your spiritual practice is, go ahead and put it in the chat. And that, that because we're all sharing, we're all contributing, we're we're all involved in what we're bringing to the table. When the weekly newsletter goes out, it has the talk title and description. And irreligious was the one uh, that came up. And every once in a while, we hear back from people when we send out that uh, e-newsletter. And this time, I heard back from minister friends around the country. And uh, just because the, the idea uh, piqued their attention. And my favorite one was from uh, Dr. Steve Albert, uh, who's in San Diego. And he's deeply involved in interfaith and also the growth of new thought. So he came in as, with new thought and he's doing a lot with uh, the interfaith movement. And he's got an, he and his wife have an interfaith uh, uh, center, the All Faith Center in Poway, California. And he immediately did the arithmetic. He's got that analytical mind. He went to Drexel many, many moons ago. And he said, so there are 15,268,443 spiritual but not religious people in the United States. He took 22% of the total population. He says, are those our people? And how do we tell them who we are and invite them in? Because spiritual but not religious means that they don't want the rules. We don't want the rules, but we do want to be spiritual. And we have that available. So how do we say that? What is it that makes new thought what it is? What is it that makes new thought different? What is it that makes new thought outstanding? And the first thing is that it's a, it's a principle. It is based on principle. And a principle means that it works the same way for everyone. There's no special dispensation. You do not need to have some guy in special clothing or with you know, the... Uh, a scepter or a wand or a book or a chalice or a thing to tell you that you can have something good and the other guy who didn't follow the rules can't. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. That That's a principle. It is the same for everyone. And the creative process that's working all the time to create everything that has created us, that's creating each of our experiences, is always working. And everybody has access to it in exactly the same way. We're not all doing it as well as we might, but that's what our spiritual practice is about, is to understand the nature of that creative process and to engage in it, to take part in it, to be active in it, and to invite the new experience that we're looking for. The other thing that really sets New Thought apart is that we do believe in a God or a creative power or a 
divine source of everything. And it could be the same coincidence that brought the Big Bang about. Or it could be as specific as God intentionally saying, let there be light. In the beginning, there was just God. There was just that creative source, and everything is part of it now. And so we believe in a loving and non-judgmental God. The term unconditional love comes up. Unconditional love means there's no conditions. A vengeful, judgmental God, a jealous God, is not, <laughs> it's not unconditional. There's a bunch of conditions there. So we believe in unconditional love. God is loving and non-judgmental. We are fully supported in creating the experience that we are choosing. And if we're having the experience that we are enjoying, good for us. And if we're having an experience that we're not enjoying, that's an invitation to do something different. And maybe it happens instantaneously. Maybe it takes a moment. Can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? I'm still patient. I'm still back there happening. We'll see what happens. The other thing about new thought is that it is a practical spirituality. It's useful. We get to create a new experience in our life by engaging in a spiritual practice. That's what practical prayer is all about. But the rest of the practice is about that, too. There's a bigger picture. It's not just the one prayer that we're doing. Sometimes we're guided to take additional steps. Sometimes we're guided to let go of doing something that we've been doing so that we can allow something new into our lives. There's an engagement. But new thought is a practical spirituality. It creates an actual change in the experience of life that we're having. So what does your spiritual life look like? And how's it going for you? And what is it that reminds you of your divine nature? That you are an expression of God's infinite love. 64% of Americans, according to the Pew study, look inward or center themselves. 64% on at least a monthly basis. And 27% of us do that for a spiritual purpose. So it's possible to do these same things without thinking of them as being spiritual. And that's okay. That's where the new thought comes in. If we want to spend time in nature, or if we want to center and get quiet and become introspective, and we don't think it has anything to do with our spiritual nature, blessed be. Let that happen. And oh, by the way, 64% are looking inward. The, the rest of the Americans, the other 36%, who are not looking inward and not looking within, Come on over to the 64%, even if you're not doing it for spiritual purposes. Because when we look at ourselves, when we own who we are and what we're bringing to the table, that makes way for something new. If we think that the way I've always done it is the way I should always do it, then we're never going to have anything change. If you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. Nobody actually defined what spirituality is for Americans. And so in the, in the Pew study, they, and it was like a, over 11,000 people who they have on this panel who were answering the questions. Um, what they kind of came up with is that spirituality is a connection with something bigger, something bigger than myself. And it showed up in a whole bunch of different ways. And some of it, you know, they're, they're asking questions about life after death. 
Uh, they're talking about communicating with people who are gone. They're talking about that feeling of connection with something bigger, with that, uh, that understanding that there's something more. So what does spiritual mean to you? <clears throat> For me, living a spiritual life is about connecting. It's about connecting with myself. It's about connecting with other people like you guys who are able to support me and hear me and celebrate with me and be in community with me so that we can explore our spiritual nature together and have a framework for creating something new in our lives and hopefully something new and wonderful. And the question is, when I'm in a spiritual community, <clears throat> how can I deepen into that? How can I take it to the next level? Do I want to take it to the next level? One of the things that sometimes happens with folks who come into a New Thought spiritual community like ours is we come in and we learn a couple of spiritual techniques and it's wonderful and we connect with the group and then everything changes and we go from this level to that level and then we go along at that level. And eventually, sometimes people, they fall off because they've been at that same level for a while. And that's completely understandable. It's better than it was before. They've had some marvelous improvement. People have come in and had some transformation, and then it gets stale. And I get it. I understand it. So the thing that we get to do is to continue working at it. And we do that through volunteering, through participating, through studying. Uh, we've got another class that's coming up. It starts at the end of the month. It's uh, based on the book Living Untethered. And it is about not being attached to things the way that they have been. And it's one of the classes that we teach. We teach a, a, a variety of classes, some uh, foundational classes, some uh, spiritual classes, some history of new thought classes. And uh, another reminder that we are going to be starting an, another uh, first year practitioner class in the fall. And if you have ever thought about becoming a new thought practitioner, a practical prayer practitioner, uh, then this is a class for you. And you've thought, there's no way in the world that I ever want to be a practitioner. I don't want to be on duty doing prayers for other people. Uh, it's a two-year class, and the first year is personal spirituality. It's personal practitioner. It's about working on yourself. It's about taking that deep dive into who you are and what you are and be able to bring something new about. And there's some prerequisites for it. So what I'd encourage you to do, if you're interested, is go ahead and get a, get a hold of me and we'll see what is going to be required for you to, to get into that practitioner class. Or maybe there are some steps for you to do in the meantime. Because that's where the, the, the big growth happens, uh, is in the classes and in the one-on-one the, the -on -one work. Because what we want to do is be curious about what's going on for ourselves and for our community and the world around us. When I'm involved in this practice and I understand that there's one power, love, intelligence, or force that creates everything, and it's created me, and that I'm using that same power, love, intelligence, or force to create my life according to my beliefs, the next thing I get to understand is, okay, if this is the life that I'm having, what are the beliefs that I'm having? And if I want to change the life that I'm having, how do I do that? How do I change those beliefs? There's some spiritual practices that we get to be involved in. Forgiveness is one of them. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Letting go of judgment is another one of them. Openness, allowing, surrender, 
It's, there's a whole bunch of process. And when we look at something, we get to see it in a different manner than we've seen it before. As we're looking to deepen our spirituality, we can ask ourselves the question, can I have the patience to wait to let my mud settle and my water become clear? It's changing here. And that process of changing is available to each of us. I'm going to point something out. This is the New Thought Philadelphia logo. And that's actually our mark. And you can see that it's, uh, it's it triune in nature. It's a trefoil. Uh, some people describe it as a propeller with three blades. And you can kind of see that there's that white center there, which looks like a circle. And then there's the light green part that also looks like a circle. And then the points, which are dark green. And when I point out to you that there is not actually a circle where the light green and the dark green meet, that's because you made it up. That's because in your eye, you can fill in that arc and see the circle there. Anybody says that you're not creative, you are. You can look at that and you can see something that wasn't there. You can understand the meaning behind what was displayed and participated in, with it in a different manner. So you can deepen your spirituality by doing a meditation or two or 10 or 12 or taking a walk in nature. Some people do yoga because it's a wonderful spiritual practice. Some people do yoga because it's a good workout. If you do yoga because it's a good workout, try opening to the possibility in your next yoga experience that maybe there's something spiritual going on. Maybe there's a process. Maybe you can set an intention. Maybe when you get to namaste at the end, you feel different than you felt before, and it's not just because of the exercise. Thirty-nine percent of Americans are involved in a church. Fourteen percent of Americans are involved in a spiritual community. That's 38 and 14. The interesting statistic that I found in there is 10% consider them to be involved in both a church and a spiritual community. And 4% consider themselves to be in a non-church spiritual community. And that's not to say that one of those is better than the other. And you should think of yourself as being in one category or another category. Is this a church? If you'd like to call it church, call it a church. This is a community, call it a community. If you hate the idea of going to church because it's a place where there are rules and people tell you how to behave, this is not a church. <laughs> if you think a community is completely unorganized and you want something with a little more structure, call us what you will. And together we are creating that next new experience that we are having. The reason the Pew Research Center did the study that they did is because uh, organized religion has been on the decline for many decades. And the people who are running traditional churches are wringing their hands going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And people are saying, where are the young people? It's like, well, they're not paying attention because we haven't given them what they're interested in. So as you come across people, young people, non-young people in your life, Talk to them. 
Talk about your spirituality. Own who you are and where you are on your path. And if you're uncomfortable doing that, then figure out what it is that you could say to somebody that you wouldn't feel uncomfortable about. Wouldn't feel uncomfortable about. Well, it's a start. Maybe later it's something that you would feel comfortable with. And over time, clarity comes as our mud settles. It's our mud. It's our water. It's our clarity. And we get to engage in that process and invite in whatever is going to be new for us. So I invite you to do that with joy. Bring something new and wonderful into your life. Do it because it's 2024. Do it because it's today. You deserve all the good. So it is.